What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mangoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. All right, let's get this started here. New series starting today and for the month of November. And we're calling it Nah, I'm Good. And this is all about contentment in everything. And so this is going to be a series on contentment. Obviously, contentment has a lot to do with being thankful. And uh, we're going to do this, all right? So um, open your Bibles to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Uh, we're going to read verses 6 to 10. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 to 10. Let me pray. And, and then we're going to open up with that, with that scripture. And then we're going to get going for today. So, Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that even through these digital channels, uh, God, whether it's the online service, um, somebody just watching this on demand on our YouTube channel or whatever, or people just listening to this through our podcast, I pray that you minister to them, Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. If they're driving in their car, uh, just cleaning the house, whatever they're doing, doing their laundry, whatever it might be, or maybe just sitting there listening to this while they're at work or whatever. God, wherever they are, in whatever context, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would minister to them through the spoken word of God today. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all of God's people said, amen. All right, let's jump in. First uh, Timothy chapter six verses six to ten, and we're going to jump right into what contentment is today. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, what is it? And and just maybe define it in a sense from a biblical standpoint. Contentment. All right. So here we go. Uh, now godliness with contentment is great gain, uh, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Verse eight, and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. There we go. There's a lot there. There's a lot going on there. And we just wanted to jump right into what, you know, and in the context of this chapter, 1 Timothy 6, um, he, everything in here talking about and around contentment, it's talking about those things of this world that grab a hold of us, the things in the world that, that may, some of this stuff, it, God can bless us with these, these natural things, right? But you notice the connection here that if we're honest, um, our discontentment in, in the context of this verse, and I believe this is true in, in, a, in a very, um, in, a, in a main attribute of discontentment or just, a, just like one of the main reasons we find ourselves not content is because there's something in us that wants more of what this world offers us. And it can be 
um, very unhealthy if we allow it to really get in our heart and vex us. And you notice here in talking about contentment and godliness, it's correlating that to, hey guys, we brought nothing into this world. We can take nothing out. So what is he saying? That, hey, the stuff of this world, we're not taking with us. And the stuff of this world will not satisfy us. And, and if we allow the love of money and the desire, this drive to be rich, you know, the Bible says, man, that, that we'll be overtaken with greed and we'll be pierced through with many sorrows. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to succeed, that God doesn't want you to thrive and do well in what you do. But specifically, it's just talking about a drive, an unhealthy drive. It's, it's, it's connecting this to, to being um, more envious and jealous and all this worldly stuff that gives us our drive. So it's not even speaking of, because in that culture, in that time, especially in Jewish culture, um, much of wealth was inherited. And he's not even talking about those people that have inherited a degree of wealth or anything. He's talking about those that are chasing it, desiring it, and have a love of it. All right? And so once again, verse six, I'll read verse six one more time. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. And this word contentment, I just want to give this to you. I want to teach you here. Um, the reason why we take a whole month to do our series um, is one of the reasons, so we can really teach things, really teach people the, the subject matter, like kind of walk through it, especially on this first um, talk here on contentment. Um, wanted to really um, go into just what this means and everything and really teach us something here. But the word contentment in the Greek, it, it comes from two words, one meaning self or auto. That's where we get the word auto. Um, auto, and then the, the next word in the Greek, it means sufficient. So it means self-sufficient. And, and it's not, not in the humanistic sense, because this is speaking of our sufficiency in God, but that's literally the definition of the word is self-sufficiency, or another way to say it is inward sufficiency or inward adequacy, right? And so it means to be satisfied because we're living in God's fullness. We're satisfied. We're, I'm okay. I'm cool because um, I'm living in God's presence, okay? And so let me say it a different way. This is what this is what contentment means in the Bible. Contentment, it means because of God on the inside, I don't need all this other stuff on the outside. Okay, now I know that word need is kind of used a lot and, and you might say, well, yeah, we do actually do need some things out here in this world. You're right. So we're not saying that you have to be a hermit and go live in a cave and uh, give your life over to... Um, you know, monastic living, right? That's not what this is saying, but it, it is associating this with having a love for those things and be driven by those things because of our own lack of sufficiency in God, okay? So another way of saying it is saying it is this way. Um, contentment is having all I need through the indwelling of Christ, uh, need meaning sufficient. Need meaning, um, you know, I do not have to be driven by money and driven by outward success and driven by collecting a bunch of things that 
because you're a Christian, you can be God sufficient, if you will, or inwardly sufficient. I am satisfied in God. And hey, you may have just a natural drive. Uh, you might be a hard worker, a very driven person. And God made you that way. And so we just want to, as believers, put that drive at the feet of Jesus, put that that initiative at the feet of Jesus and just say, God, if there's anything here that that I'm I, driven to fulfill some void in me, some insecurity, some drive to have to prove myself to people, you know, uh, we just got to monitor that. Like we got to put that at the feet of Jesus because um, we can in Christ be content, be sufficient, be inwardly sufficient, satisfied because we're living in God's fullness. And this word here, you know, um, it says now godliness with contentment. And so it uses both these words. This is great game, um, you know, because um, it was talking about how right before this verse, in verse five of, of 1 Timothy 6, the, the, the five verses before, it's talking about certain people that were at this time, um, you know, uh, using godliness or the things of God as a means of gain. And, and, and Paul is like, you know, saying, hey, Timothy, don't do this. Don't, don't use God for a means of gain. Or, you know, not that we can use God, but like use religious things and, and Christian stuff and all this so that you can have some type of gain. Because, and then his answer to all that was in verse six. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. And godliness is just, it speaks of having a reverence for God. You know, this word godliness means I choose to do what's right because of my love and honor for God. And so we need this in this world. We we need to be in the world, but not of it. And uh, I mean, right here, it really shares with us, tells us what it's like as a believer to be in a world and not of it is that we are sufficient in God and that we're gonna do what is right because of our honor and reverence for God. And so because it says godliness with contentment is great gain, and because we know that Jesus is our everything, we are complete in him, in him all things are held together. He is our salvation, he is our healing, he is our joy, he is our peace. He is our strength. Jesus is our everything. We are sufficient. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Now, does that mean we don't, we don't need to go get a job and we don't need to do things and we can't enjoy things out here in this world? No, it's not saying that. But it is saying that at the core of my being, um, my identity and my drive, is Jesus and him alone, that he may be glorified, okay? And that we are, you know, that we seek him and him alone and we desire to please him and him alone and uh, let all these other things, all these other things have their place, but let's put them in their place. And so here's my first point, folks, in Christ is contentment. Like in God is contentment. Um, we as Christians struggle with it. We as Christians it's a war, it's a fight. Why? Because we still have flesh. We still have emotions and a mind and a will and we still see things and we 
you know, and and we we sometimes see the wrong things and our flesh desires it and wants it and and it could very well be something God's like, no, no. And and he's leading us and convicting us. And we must, we must know that in Christ is contentment and nothing else will satisfy. And in our human nature, right? In our human nature, we have the capacity right now and at any moment to get caught up in what doesn't really matter. And whatever it is that isn't Christ, that isn't him and your relationship with him, it is possible for anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. In our flesh, we, 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 we have this limitless capacity to drift from God. Um, in our flesh, this world, the temptation, the, the, the trials and stuff just can kind of bring out the worst in us, right? And so you guys know, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, one minute you're fine. And then you might see something, hear something, look at something on social media, um, whatever. It's, it's something comes at you, whatever. It could be a person treated you aren't wrong. Uh, you, 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 you're, you're, you're fighting just to, just to, just to, uh, complete something, your education. You want that job, like, and none of that is, innately evil but you know you're just you're just doing your thing and you're you're trying hard so one minute you're fine you know you're like you're like man um i'm loving life right now and the next minute whether it's maybe the the enemy attacking your mind or a situation and you start to think on it you're like start to head down that road of discontentment right like like i don't have this i haven't accomplished that i i i still don't have this i still can't do this i can't buy this i can't get this I don't have this, right? Um, this is in our nature, right? This stuff comes at us, you know? And then we're like looking around at the people in our life. We're like, man, that person gets on my nerves. Man, I'll, like this person, man, why, do, why, you know, we, we start like discontent, like everything, your job, your money, your finances. And then we start tripping on little stuff like, man, my toaster doesn't even work or <laughs> whatever it might be. You know what I mean? Like, like everything, everything's dirty and nothing works, right? I got this, my, 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 my screen on my phone is cracked and it's been cracked for weeks and you know what I mean? So this does happen. You know, we get, we, you know, from the little things to the bigger things or however you want to categorize this stuff, we can find ourselves discontent within seconds, right? It's like, man, I'm not even living the dream anymore. And, and, and just a minute ago, you were fine. The day before, you were, you, were, you were living large and in charge. And this does happen. This does happen. This does happen. So we know the truth is this, that we in Christ are complete and fulfilled. And, and, and in him is absolute and eternal contentment. All right? Have you ever been in God's presence and you were just like, oh, I, I don't want to be anywhere else but right here with Jesus, right? In Christ is contentment, okay? This is literally who he is. In Christ, we are complete, sufficient, lacking nothing, right? But we find ourselves in moments where we're thinking these things, where our soul, our emotions, or we feel discontent. 
We feel like we're not doing great. We feel like we should be here and we're not. We should be at this place in our life and we're not discontent. We feel all kinds of ways about the people in our life sometimes. We're like, man, I got the worst people in my world right now, right? And, and that's not true, but those, those thoughts come. Those feelings come. And so here's a question. Here's the question for today. How do I combat discontentment, right? How do I combat this? How do I, how do I come against this? How do I fight this, if you will? How do I fight through this? Because it is a battle. It is a battle, okay? It is a war, okay? It's kind of like the war for contentment, right? Living in this world, in this life, is going to be a war, all right? So let's read another verse that's just really just straight up about being content. Here it is. And we're going to hang out in Hebrews chapter 13 for a minute. But Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6. Verses 5 to 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Um, be content. Say it with me. Say be content. Say it again. Say be content with such things as you have. Have present right now. Right now, you can be content. Right now, right now. Don't have to get, to, so contentment doesn't come from achievement. Contentment doesn't come from success. Contentment doesn't come from accomplishment. Contentment is in Christ and Christ is here right now. So you can be content right now, right now. So my, my Bible says, be content, present tense, with such things as you have. Such things as you have. Well, I don't have a lot. Well, don't matter. Some of you are like, some of y'all are so discontent. You have too much. You know what I'm saying? You need to get rid of some stuff. You need to start giving stuff away. You want to be content, start giving stuff away. Come on now, simplify, right? So for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Christ is contentment. Verse six, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me. You can be content right now. Now, as I said, I'm teaching today, so I'm going to give you the definition of this, of this phrase here, let your conduct, okay? Let your conduct. It's a, it's a Greek word, tropos. It comes from the word trepo. This is powerful. So let your conduct. And this word comes from kind of, in a sense, what this is saying is that because of Christ, you're adopting a new way of life. Like your, like this word, let your conduct, it speaks of a turning, um, an a new manner, a new direction um, from taking a turn or adopting a new manner, mannerism, fashion. So that's why um, some versions say, let your conversation, fashion, way of living, not fashion like, like garments, but your but your way, your mannerism, your, your, your way of living, your lifestyle. So what it's saying is let your conduct be without covetousness, meaning in Christ, this is our new way of life. We in Christ, our new manner is contentment. Our new way, the new course of conduct is contentment, okay? And it comes, this conduct, um, is as the result of knowing Christ as Lord, okay? So 
there's contentment in Christ. And even this language here in Hebrews 13, 5 is speaking of people that have encountered Christ, are a new creation in Christ. And as a result of that, we adopt a new mindset, a new manner, a new direction. Um, uh, we've adopted a, a new way of living, our, 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 our mannerism, our, the fashion of life, like our fashion, our, our way is new. It's a new course. It's a new way of living because Christ is Lord. So it's saying, allow yourself to live in Christ. Let your conduct, allow this new way of living because of the Holy Spirit in you. Allow yourself to be content in Christ alone. Hallelujah. And so, as I said before, um, I would say the number one way as to how do I combat discontentment is allow yourself to celebrate and rejoice in Christ. Celebrate, walk in this new way of life of walking with Jesus. Once again, Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse five, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content, say it again with me, folks. Say, be content. Be content with such things as you have. Content here, this is powerful. This is so powerful. Uh, I really believe this is for some people out there today. This is for you, okay? Because we all in our humanity, every human being ha has to fight through this. Every human being struggles with this. This world is tempting. The, 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 the ways of this world are alluring to us in our flesh. Um, and we can, we can combat discontentment. And here it is. This is what the word, can, this particular word in the Greek is so powerful. Okay, so this is what this word means. It says be content. And this is what it means. It means raising a barrier. Okay, be content. You're raising a barrier. Be content, it means to ward off evil. Uh, be content, it means to avail, okay, or, or prevail. It means to, to win, in a sense. It means to defend. It means to contend, okay? Um, and I'm literally reading the exact definition of this word, word, okay? It means this. This is what content means in this verse. It means to be possessed of unfailing strength. You can't tell me that there is no contentment in Jesus, okay? Because in him is we possess an unfailing strength, okay? It means to be strong, to suffice, to be enough, okay? And so here's my next point, folks. Contentment is a spiritual weapon. Contentment is a spiritual weapon. All right, and that we can be content. All right, we can be content in God. It is a spiritual weapon. This is how we fight. This is this is like look at we need to shut down the lies of the enemy that we have to be like this person and do this and be this and why aren't we this? All of these outward things, these outward displays of what our life should be. No, no, 
I'm, I'm going to do what I'm called to do. I'm going to work hard and I'm, I'm going to fulfill what God has called me to do. And if I meditate on his word day and night and I'm careful to do all that's written in it, then I will find my way prosperous. I shall have good success. Like God's going to bless us and he's going to bless you in your obedience. But, but this is not about proving anything or being anything or having to, 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 to just kind of build up a bunch of stuff. So we can, for some weird reason, we want to prove to people we don't even know or care about that we're somebody. And, and no, we can shut that down and say, no, I am content in Christ alone. And I don't need to, I don't need to go and sin and compromise my convictions and my faith in Jesus because I got to prove something to somebody. No, I am content in him. I'm cool over here with, with Jesus. Can I get an amen, somebody? So let's continue to read 1 Timothy 6, verse 11 and 12. It says this, but you, O man of God, flee these things, okay? And, and, and we're just continuing from what we just read from verse 10. Greediness, the love of money, okay? The desire, this unhealthy desire to be rich, okay? All right, it says flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, the things that really matter in this life, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. I'll say it again, the things, pursue the things that really matter eternally in this world and in this life. It's righteousness, it's godliness, it's faith, it's love, it's patience, it's gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Look at that, right in the middle of talking about contentment is speaking of fighting the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Notice, right in the midst of talking about being discontent because of worldly things, it's, it's speaking to us here in verse 12 about fighting the good fight of faith, laying hold on eternal life, like having an eternal drive, eternal, like we're, that we're driven by eternity. We're driven by the things of God. We're driven by the purpose of God. We're driven by righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, not by some outward show of, of success or whatever. None of that matters. None of it matters, especially when, if it's something in us, some insecurity, some jealousy, envy, greed, whatever, in our, in our flesh, that, and we're trying to fulfill that, I'm telling you, it will never be fulfilled. Only Jesus will satisfy us eternally and completely. It is him and him alone. And so Paul is encouraging this young preacher and he's saying, man, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, e eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I'm telling you, contentment is a spiritual weapon. Contentment is a spiritual weapon, okay? When, when the devil tempts you and tries to pull you into things, for, for some reason other than to glorify God, I'm telling you, shut it down. Flee those things. That's what it says. It says, flee those things. Flee them. Run. Goodbye. Not today. Back to the title of the sermon series. Nah, I'm good. Come on, say it with me. Say, nah, I'm good. Right? Nah, I'm good. Right? Say it again. Say, nah, I'm good. All right? Psalm 106, verse 47. Psalm 106, verse 47, save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the Gentiles to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. Say contentment, right? Contentment is a spiritual weapon. 
And here it says in Psalm 106, verse 47, to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. All right? And so here's the next point. Gratitude leads to contentment. Okay? If you're struggling with discontentment, if you're discontent in some area of your life, some facet of your life, I'm telling you, um, surefire way to find yourself into contentment is gratitude, okay? The road of gratitude leads to contentment. And, and here it says to give thanks, triumph. I am telling you that just as much as contentment is a spiritual weapon, giving of thanks is a spiritual weapon, gratitude is a spiritual weapon, Gratitude leads to contentment, okay? And I understand, I understand that it can be very difficult to express gratitude at times, okay? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how much we have, right? Our emotions can get the best of us, meaning just because we even should have no logical reason to be discontent, um, our emotions can get the best of us at times. Our mind and the enemy knows where to attack us. He knows where to push our buttons. You know what I'm saying? He knows how to entice us. And because our feelings can be so strong and contrary to gratitude, right? It, it, I can understand it. You know, that, that that's, you know, it can be very difficult to voice our gratitude. Can I get an amen, somebody? Okay, and that's why they call it in the scripture, a sacrifice of praise, right? So um, I heard one preacher say it this way, like if, if it's not a sacrifice, it's not praise, right? Meaning uh, giving God thanks is going to feel very contrary to how I feel or what I think in the moment. And that, if we're honest, robs us of giving God praise and it robs us of being content, all right? So um, thanksgiving, giving God thanks, giving him praise is very much a spiritual exercise and discipline. Not always, because there's times I do feel like giving God praise. I just emotionally, I'm into it. I, I feel like it, I feel good. I'm like, yeah, praise the Lord. There are other times where it is very difficult to open my mouth and say, thank you, Jesus, for where I am. Thank you, Jesus, for who I'm with. Thank you, Jesus, that you are right here. That can be extremely difficult at times, but I'm encouraging you, regardless of it, many times, let me say this, many times, expressing gratitude is a raw choice. And why am I saying this? Because I'm challenging you to give God a sacrifice of praise. Thank God. I'm telling you, gratitude leads to contentment. All right? I got one more verse for today. Hebrews chapter 13. We're, we're continuing with Hebrews 13. Here it is. This says it all. Verse 14 and 15. Hebrews 13, verse 14 and 15. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Once again, speaking of eternity. There's a connection in the scripture 
with contentment and an eternal mindset. Verse 15, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. My last point, folks, thankfulness must be vocal. Thankfulness must be vocal. I'm gonna say it again. Thankfulness must be vocal. Gratitude must be vocalized. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. I am telling you, if Christians just use their mouth more, they'd keep themselves out of a lot of trouble. I understand the negative connotation of our mouth, but I'm telling you, sometimes Christians gotta open their mouth a little bit more. They gotta give praise to God a little bit more. They gotta let the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? Some people say, you know, or they might be like, well, I'm praising the Lord in my mind. That's great, but you gotta open your mouth. You know what I'm saying? I'm thanking the Lord in my heart. Beautiful, thank him in your heart, but thank him with your mouth. Why? Because of just the biblical premise of this and the power of the tongue, the power of your praise. And right there, I mean, it's, it's, it's in the scripture, people. Right? Verse 15, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So there's a correlation to thanks and lips, mouth, right? Open your mouth and God will fill it, right? So contentment is connected to your praise. It's connected to your gratitude, your thanksgiving, and all of that is directly connected to your mouth. You got to open your mouth. You got to open your mouth. Thankfulness must be vocal. I'm not saying that's the only way you can be thankful. I understand you can be thankful in your heart. Continue to be thankful in your heart. It must come from your heart, of course. But open your mouth and give God some praise and thank God. Open your mouth and give him praise. All right? Hallelujah. So in Christ is contentment. Am I right? Somebody say amen. In Christ is contentment. Nothing else satisfies, folks. And then, like, you know, how do we, how do we combat discontentment? Um, and, and we talked about how contentment truly is a spiritual weapon. It literally is a defense. It's, 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 we're, we're putting up a, we're raising up a barrier. Contentment is like a strong tower in the spirit realm, right? The enemy can't attack, can't, can't penetrate that, like, Nah, I'm good is a spiritual weapon, okay? Gratitude leads to contentment and thankfulness must be vocal. I would say the number one weapon in contentment, as far as what we've discussed today, is opening your mouth and thanking God, right? Giving God praise, giving God praise. Right, so here we go. I'm gonna give you some, I'm gonna pray here in just a moment, but I wanna just give you some practical things, if that's all right. So it's kind of like practice, practicing contentment, right? Here's some, here's some, some, some just practical meaning you can do these, right? You can, you can, you can do this. You can do this. Maybe, I'm sure some of you already are, but just some simple tools here, okay? Number one, pause in the moment and say, thank you, Lord, for and just go. Um, throughout your day, in a moment, pause, stop, stop, and, and just pause and say, thank you, Lord, for 
and fill in the blank. Thank you, Lord, for my job. Thank you, Lord, for how you're providing. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, for my house. Thank you, Lord, for where I am. Thank you, Lord, for how far you brought me. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that you're leading me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sins. Come on now. You, thank you, Lord. I am telling you, when discontent tries to hit you up, thank you, Lord, right? So there it is. Pause in your day and say, thank you, Lord, for. Here's another one. This one's good. Journal what you're thankful for. Um, I, I personally have a journal, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't. I'm going to do this, though, and so I'll hold myself accountable. Y'all can DM me or whatever. Be like, did you, did, you, did you write your thankful things in your journal, Sean? Right? You can ask me. That's totally fine. But I do have a journal. I do write in it. Um, I don't, it's not an everyday thing for me. It's not even really uh, more like maybe a weekly, depending, give or take every week. But journal what you're thankful for. Maybe spend a whole journal and just write, you know, 10 things. Write with your journal. Say it, journal it. Here's a, here's a couple other things. Um, this can help with con contentment. Is be a person of discipline and follow through, take action. Okay, um, many times for me, if I'm feeling discontent and there's just something I can that's in my control that I can actually take action on, um, that I can actually do something. You know, the Bible says, you know, hear the word of God and, and do it. It's not just hearing, but doing right. There's something about taking action that when God, when people encountered God in the scripture, the narratives of people encountering God, there was like this immediate action like go here, do this, right? It was like God gave them an assignment. And it's like, I really believe this with all my heart, that um, don't allow discontent or your emotions to get you to just um, stay stagnant. It's like develop discipline and follow through. Like take action in what you can, all right? Take what because you have control over your obedience. You, you can obey God. You can take action in that area. You can move. And so once again, give voice, thank God. Write down, get a journal and, 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 and document what you're thankful for and be a person of action. Here's the last one and then I'm gonna pray. Is, here it is, this, this, this is really leaning more towards talking about comparison. And we're gonna go into some more about comparison this uh, month, we're going to probably maybe even spend a whole sermon on mostly talking about comparison and the trap of comparison. But um, <clears throat> make God your standard, not other people. All right. So the reason why we don't compare our life and where we are with other people is because they're not the standard, right? They're not the rule. God is. And so you want to compare your life against what God has told you and where God, is, God has you, not against what other people have and do. And so you can be inspired by other people, you can be even challenged by other people, but other people's success or lack thereof, or whatever it is you're looking at about somebody or their looks or whatever, um, should never bring you into discontentment. That is the enemy. That is not of God, right? That is not of God, it's not Jesus. And this is why. Why don't we compare our life with others? Because they are not the standard for your life. 
God is. Can I get an amen? So choose to make God the standard, not other people. Create some disciplines and take action. Journal what you're thankful for. Write it down and give voice to what you're thankful for. Father, I just thank you for everybody here today. I pray your blessing, your favor, your grace, your love. Keep them, surround them. And God, I pray that we would practice contentment this month. That Lord, we would take some, some solid action that we would act, we would move in your direction when it comes to our life. And we thank you, Lord, that we're gonna find ourselves all the more content and satisfied with you and you alone, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.